Hey folks, before we get started, I want to uh, answer a question that I often get asked, and that is, what's the best way to advance liberty? So there's a lot of different ways. First, you can be an activist, you can be an entrepreneur, you could be in media, you could get involved in politics. Uh, but what I decided to do was to become a member of the largest pro-liberty party in the United States. So yeah, that means I am officially a member of the Libertarian Party. So I started this show with the goals to educate, enlighten, and inform while also advancing the principles of liberty. The LP is the largest, largest political party in America that at its core principles embraces the values of individual liberty, property rights, and non-aggression. The reality is the other two major parties, they've embraced this tribal uh, warfare versus principle debate. Uh, and it's really, it's time to stop feeding the beast. And it's time for us, honestly, to put our money where our mouth is. And that means putting up beside all this bickering and, and nonsensical arguments and actually focusing on advancing liberty. And hey, I get it. The LP, like every political party, has its flaws. I've been one of the main ones to call them out on this show. But instead of focusing on those flaws and tossing stones from the cheap seats, it's time we take some responsibility ourselves. Like, hey, what we promote here at the Brian Nichols Show on a daily basis and take some responsibility into making the LP the best it can be. And that's why, folks, I want to extend an offer to you. You can become a member of the Libertarian Party by going to lp.org forward slash Brian Nichols Show. Yes, the Libertarian Party is partnering with me here at the Brian Nichols Show to try and bring people to the movement, to the party, and actually advance the principles and concepts of liberty. If you are a pro-liberty person, now's your chance. Again, lp.org forward slash Brian Nichols Show. Libertarian Party, the party of principle, lp.org forward slash Brian Nichols Show. Now, on to the show. Brian Nichols, you're a great man with some great ideas, a great podcast. Do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people? <laughs> yes. He's full of common sense and wisdom. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. Today I am joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kitty. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. It's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style. And it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does. And, and this is how we win the future. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. There's so many things that we can do to make America freer and the world better and safer and more peaceful. Everybody has the responsibility of trying to help to do that. You know, what you're doing with your podcast is a perfect example of, you know, you're doing this as a labor of love and for the cause, and that is exactly what we have to have. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Hey folks, welcome back here to The Brian Nichols Show. I'm your host, Brian Nichols, and yes, you are in store for another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. And of course, my main goal is to bring you on guests who educate, enlighten, and inform. And today is no different as I am joined by the one and only Steffi Cole from the Libertarian Republic. Uh, now, Steffi is pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, doing all the great work she's doing in helping promote the ideas and concepts of liberty. Um, but really, the reason I want to have Steffi on my show today to start, first and foremost, is to kind of, number one, introduce who she is, but also discuss her path to libertarianism, which uh, is is actually quite different than most folks who uh, end up in the liberty camp. Uh, Steffi started out more on the left as a liberal and Obama supporter, and I really wanted to let her have an opportunity to kind of walk through how she got to where she is today in the liberty movement. And honestly, I think it's a great tool for people within the liberty movement to listen to her story and what helped win her over to our side and maybe uh, use some of the same uh, tools that helped convince her uh, on your lefty friends. So please 
share today's episode with your family and friends, and uh, especially those on the left who maybe are liberty curious, and they could maybe use someone like Steffi, whose story is probably similar to theirs, to help give them the push they need to, uh, you know, take that first step into liberty. So, with that, on to the show. Steffi Cole, here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. It's It's been a, a fun um, a fun journey watching you grow, Steffi, from your, your starting into the liberty movement. And I said, you know what? Who better to tell their story than Steffi? Because uh, unlike Aww. other folks in the liberty movement, you joined the liberty movement starting from the left. And that for me was was so interesting because a lot of the folks that we have, um, you know, in the liberty movement, but also folks I've had on the Brian Nichols show started their journey to liberty more on the right. Um, okay. and I, I've had a few guests, Max Gulker from AIER. Um, he he more was from the left. Um, but other than that, everybody else has pretty much been from the right. So. To start out, I want my, my audience to, to first and foremost get to know who you are, and then we can kind of dig into uh, your journey to libertarianism. So, Steffi, if you could introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Sure. So, I am Steffi Cole, and I'm actually not a liberty activist in my day-to-day life. Usually, I'm a social worker, so I work a nine-to-five job full-time. But on nights and weekends, I do the liberty thing. Because it makes me happy and I'm passionate about it. So I first started discovering libertarianism around, I'd say, 2008-ish, 2009-ish, after I voted for Obama. (laughs) After Obama. Yes. That shows how far you've come. (laughs) I wish I had learned before voting day, but, you know, that's not how things work. And you may or may not know, but social workers tend to be a little bit more liberal-minded in terms of, you know, social welfare, Mm. giving to the poor. So that's pretty much where I was hanging at. I was more liberal-minded. I wanted to help everybody. But then in 2009-ish, my boyfriend went to a business university, and he started teaching me all about his economics classes, everything he was learning, the housing bubble, He would show me Milton Friedman videos, Alex Jones, Jesse Ventura, (laughs) you know, everything. We'd have debates. He'd try to explain things to me. I'd be like, this doesn't make sense. But then finally, it started making more sense to me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. So I agreed to go to a Tea Party rally in about 2010. And it's funny because I kind of kept my Liberty stuff on the DL. I like couldn't let like, you know, family and friends know because then they would judge you. So it's kind of scary. But then <laughs> I increasingly became involved and I couldn't really hide it anymore when I discovered Ron Paul. I went to some of his rallies in 2012 and that was probably the most energized I have ever felt in my life. It was like a rock concert on steroids. And then uh, after Ron Paul, I got into Gary Johnson. And I supported him for a while in 2012 and then 2016. And then in 2016, I discovered Austin Peterson at the Libertarian Party debate with John Stossel. At the time, I was a Gary Johnson fan. But I noticed Austin Peterson because he seemed young and and he seemed to really know what he was talking about. He was pro-life. So then Austin Peterson ended up coming to Hillsdale College, which is in Michigan, my home state. He came in November of 2016, right after Trump won. And he actually gave a speech about why Trump won the election. 
So I went there, and then after that, I joined this Freedom Ninja Army. Are you familiar with that? Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a long time member. <laughs> okay, very good. Yeah, so I didn't even know it existed, but I'm glad I found it because everybody welcomed me with open arms. I ended up actually finding some local libertarians here in Michigan in that group, and they invited me to some local county libertarian party meeting. And then I ended up actually joining the Libertarian Party officially in 2017 until 2018. I only joined for a year. And then I didn't renew my membership after that. The reason was because I was actually the development director right after I joined. They kind of put me in that position, which was kind of cool. I made some t-shirts and redesigned their fundraising mug. But it just didn't feel like I could support anyone I wanted. Obviously, Austin Peterson was running as a Republican for U.S. Senate, you know, in, in 2018. And so the Libertarian Party members kind of judged me a little bit about that. So I wanted to fly free. So I left the Libertarian Party and now I'm independent, just like Justin Amash is. <laughs> and after the Austin Peterson campaign, which I pretty much gave my blood, sweat, and tears to, I phone banked. I designed their campaign graphics. I was going to say, you were so busy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know how I had time for my normal job, plus that, plus sleeping. I pretty much was just wired for that entire year and a half. But uh, it was it was definitely a, a big blow to my heart, you know, when Austin lost. But I had to keep going, so I got involved with Justin Amash a little bit in the uh, fall of 2018. So at least I could still be involved. And and Justin, obviously, you know, he like you mentioned earlier, he just recently went from Republican to Independent, and a lot of Libertarians and you know behind the scenes, I know some people over at LP National who you know they DM me, they said, so when you had Justin on your show. Did he, mm -hmm. after the fact, say he was going to run as a libertarian? I'm like, no, he, he honestly didn't say anything. It seems kind of like Justin is, is you know, doing what he said he was going to do. And that's be truly an independent, nonpartisan, quite literally nonpartisan, with no party mm -hmm. attached to his name, voice yeah. in Congress. And that's something that I think a lot of Americans have been looking for is someone who is saying, you know, parties be damned. I'm going to stick to what I believe in my principles. And Justin is, I, I dare say, he's attracting a lot of people from the left who maybe like you were back in 2007, 2008, were traditional Democratic voters. And it may be opening their eyes to the concepts of liberty. So I guess what I wanted to first start off, Steffi, is to ask you kind of with your, your progression towards becoming a libertarian or just you know, involved mm -hmm. in the liberty movement. Um, right. What was it that was kind of the, the main tipping point? Was it the, the economics? Was it the approach to, uh, you know, non-aggression? What was it that kind of, you know, was the real spark that got you, you know, more interested and really found yourself identifying with these libertarian ideals? I think it was actually fear because uh, Alex Jones and Jesse Ventura, they're more of conspiracy theorists. And so I would really feed into those conspiracy theories. I don't necessarily believe them all anymore. But at the time, I was freaked out when I would hear about, you know, like 9-11 or 
you know, fluoride in the water, which I still drink spring water till this day because it's still, <laughs> I still think about Alex Jones saying that there's fluoride in the water. And it turns the frogs gay. We all know that. Come on. <laughs> but I think it was honestly just that really deep, dark, big government swamp that just scared the living daylights out of me. And I'm like, is the government really this bad? Yes. And so it made me want to explore more and try to change things because I felt like we were we were doomed. The one thing I, I noticed from from people like, you know, the the Alex Joneses or or even the Jesse Venturas of the world is that they've built up their entire um following based on yes, this this idea of fear. Um, fear in the government taking away your, your rights, fear in the government having these, these vast conspiracies. But the reason that people like, you know, Alex Jones, let's say, for example, is able to maintain such a loyal audience is because mm-hmm. the government itself, just in general, like remove conspiracy theories, they've done so much negative stuff, be it through the mass surveillance of, of U.S. citizens and, and warrantless collection of our records. Um, to, you know, the, the way that they have, have treated, um, international incidences where, you know, we, we've had, you know, for example, the Gulf of Tonkin example, where we basically were lied into a war. Um, there's enough things that the government has done that had been shown to be, you know, which were at the time conspiracies, but to be shown true that it's planted enough seeds of doubt in people's minds to say, well, maybe there's more that we don't realize that's going on behind the scenes. And people like Alex Jones are expounding upon that. And they're really, they're building careers on this, this fear that exists that a government is going to be some tyrannical force. Um, so I don't think necessarily your fears were unfounded. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, when they started their journey towards the Liberty movement, they may have started to look at people like an Alex Jones or a Jesse Ventura to kind of, you know, say, wow, this, this government isn't my friend. Um, but mm-hmm. I guess what kind of was the point that you moved on from the, the Alex Joneses and more towards the, the philosophy, the ideology and really embracing the, you know, the, the core principles of, of Liberty. Mm-hmm. So I believe that Ron Paul was interviewed on the Alex Jones show. And so that's where I first heard about him. And that kind of started more of the economic learning. I would learn about, like, he would say that, you know, our dollar, you know, is just going to collapse. And so then I started getting worried about that. And I started, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to invest in silver and gold. And then learning from Milton Friedman, for example, just learning more about economics. So I just continued my learning about about that and then i just learned more libertarian principles you know what pretty much i learned what ron paul believed in and that's where i started at well it's funny because i don't i don't think the ron paul entrance into libertarianism is unique (laughs) in any Mm -hmm. respect but it's fascinating because you came from the polar opposite of where many of the you know the folks that i i know i myself included came from being on the right. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll give you my kind of, you know, entry level into to libertarianism. And it was back in, in 2008, when, uh, 2008 or 2007, when Ron Paul was on the, the debate stage, you know, just a few short years after 9-11, and standing up to the George Bush Republican Party, and, and most notably, Rudy Giuliani, you know, Mr. Mayor of New York City post 9-11, and, and basically saying, no, Rudy, it's it was our foreign policy and the blowback that really caused what we've seen take place here. And now we're involved in 
in uh, these these un- unnecessary wars overseas, and it's going to cause more blowback in the future. And to see an alternative voice, now at the time, I was still quite in the neocon camp and the, the big Republican tent, um, but for a brief moment, it kind of like struck me, and I was like, huh, that's different. And nobody else in not only, you know, in greater Republican politics, but nobody else within my spheres of influence are really saying this, but that made sense. And I kind of, you know, put that in the back of my mind for the next four or five years. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was Mr. Mr. Republican college, uh, college Republicans president. And, you know, I went to CPAC. And then uh, after the 2012 election, when Romney lost, I was like, something isn't working and it's something mm-hmm. with regards to this establishment feeling of, of you know we're going to predetermine our candidate in you know in this case it was Mitt Romney and I said you know we we need to go back to like some of these ideals that you know I, I was really excited about the Tea Party which was limited government um you know free markets and and letting you know basically essentially what I did I didn't realize it was libertarianism not hurting people and not taking their stuff thank you Mr. Matt <laughs> Kibbe um but that was kind of like, you know, in, in my perspective, how I was able to rationalize like, okay, just because I was a Republican doesn't mean that I can't be a libertarian. So I became one of those small L Republican libertarians. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was really the the moment I realized that the, the Republican Party had left any semblance of small government that it had, had, especially after they rejected Rand Paul in favor of Donald Trump. Um mm-hmm. Now, I guess let's kind of go to that election because I know a lot of us, you know, prior to, to Austin uh, seeking the nomination for the Libertarian Party, a lot of people were in more of the Rand Paul camp. Um, mm-hmm. So, oh, what, I was too. So, yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah. So, what I but, guess what would you say was your um, your reaction to watching Rand Paul, basically in the first you know few months of the campaign, really get steamrolled by what inevitably became President Donald Trump? Yeah, I mean, I was really hoping that Rand Paul would win. I know that people don't trust him as much as Ron Paul. He isn't his father, but I still obviously believed in him more than Trump. And honestly, when the general election came around, I was pretty much between Trump and Gary Johnson. I had some friends that were like, oh, I'm just going to vote for Trump because I don't want Clinton to win. You know, and and I completely understood that, but I still wanted to vote on principle. So I felt Gary Johnson was the best thing I had, even though I had lost a lot of trust for him as well. It was just a yucky election. (laughs) To say (laughs) the least. This next next election is going to be even yuckier. I Mm -hmm. mean, I really don't know who I'm going to vote for. Although I heard that Gary Johnson might be running again as president. I heard that. I Oof, don't know. I hope not. I like Gary. I think Gary's a nice person, but I mean, if, if 2016 taught the the Libertarian Party anything, it should be that we can't nominate a squishy, you know, centrist. It has to be someone who is a, a, a true libertarian. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you have to be a real libertarian. That's not the argument I'm making. But I'm saying, you know, if you're going to have somebody be a libertarian on a national stage, they have to promote libertarianism. So when Gary, for example, said, you know, what does it mean to be a libertarian? Well, it means to be, what, what, you know, Gary Johnson, we say, well, it means to be uh, fiscally conservative and socially liberal. It's like, no, Gary, that's <laughs> not what it means to be a libertarian. But then he he said that to uh, at the time, it was a five million person audience on CNN, and that was the perception that a lot of people took. 
to be, you know, the truth as to what is being a libertarian. Now, this year, I mean, I just had last week on my show Arvin Vora, and I've definitely oh, had wow. my issues. I, yeah, trust me, I've had my issues wow, with Arvin. that's huge. Well, and, and you know what? I, I kind of pushed Arvin a little bit, too, in some of the controversial stuff he's talked about in the past. And honestly, uh-huh. looking at the, the field of libertarian candidates, nobody's really, you know, tugging at my heartstrings that I'm excited to support. I mean, Kim Ruff, of all the people I'm gonna, uh, actually getting ready to have her on my show again, um, mm-hmm. she's the one who's kind of showing that, you know, libertarians could be taken seriously on a national stage. But I mean, Steph, t- tell me what you think. Uh, you know, in an era of Trump, it's so hard to get any microphone time when you're competing against Donald Trump and, you know, inevitably the sacrificial lamb from the, the Democratic Party. Because I'm telling you right now, if if they run a Joe Biden, um, they're, they're going to get destroyed because people are tired of, of the old, you know, the old establishment class. But conversely, if they run a rabid leftist, I also think they're going to get destroyed. If they run a, a an Elizabeth Warren, like they'll, they'll get crushed. Um, so I guess kind of, you know, if you would give me your take on that. Sure. So, well, in my heart of hearts, I really wish that Larry Sharp would run as a libertarian. I would campaign for him. I would oh, vote man. for him hands down. He's, he's a beautiful person. But in terms of what we're working with right now, I truly feel that Trump has it in the bag. I really don't think there's any way of getting around that. He's probably just going to win again. I can't really see anyone else who could be more powerful than him in an election right now. Biden, eh. I mean, he has name recognition, but he doesn't seem to be overly popular with like the millennials. Bernie Sanders is with the millennials. But he scares but the bejesus I, out of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So there's just no Democrat candidate that's strong enough to go against Trump right now. I really don't mm. think so. And as we see, we see the silencing going on even within the Democratic debates. I mean, Yang and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, you know, they've been silenced quite a bit. Oh, for sure. But I will say Tulsi, I mean, she... I, I, I saw this meme and it made me laugh so hard. It's like, Tulsi can't be on stage and say she's anti-violence when I just qu- clearly watched her absolutely murder Kamala Harris on stage. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did hear that that happened. I didn't watch the debates this past time, but I, I saw a little snippet clip oh, it of was, what happened. It was glorious because, I mean, essentially Kamala Harris has made her career as a, pr- a career prosecutor uh, as the attorney general in California. And she, her record, I mean, she put away 1,500 uh, California residents into jail because mm-hmm. of marijuana use. And then yes. at the same point in time, she has laughed at, you know, her using marijuana herself, literally at the same exact time she's putting people into jail. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, God bless Tulsi. She called Kamala Harris out on that stage and she got thunderous applause. And you mm-hmm. could just see, I mean, in, in a very a la Hillary Clinton approach, that sneering, just like uncomfortable approach and feeling that, that Kamala resonated back because she knew she got caught and she couldn't say anything about it because, you know, it was the truth. So what she do? She says, I'm proud of my record. Then Tulsi's like, you're proud of your record of putting 1500 people into jail like you owe him an apology it was glorious to see but you're right like people like Tulsi or Andrew Yang or even some of the more moderate voices like John Delaney out there they're not getting airtime and I I can't help but feel that that's not unintentional oh absolutely I mean we saw it you know with Ron Paul we saw it with Rand Paul you know all the good people they always silence them 
I mean, Rand Paul was pulling, I think it was at like 10 or 15 percent at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that was at the beginning of the, the primaries in 2015. And I think the first debate, he got a total of like three or four minutes talking time. Like that's that's insane, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, prior to, to that debate, Rand was actually one of the top tier candidates up there at the time with the likes of a, a you know, Jeb Bush or a Marco Rubio or even a, a, a Governor um, Walker over in Wisconsin. Mm hmm. So I, I guess um, let's kind of segue here, if we will, to more about um, converting people, right? Because that's kind of what my show is about. I want yes. to bring people to the movement. And I think there's a couple ways to do that. Number one, I think is is a successful way is introducing them to ways that libertarianism or just the concepts of liberty impact them on their daily lives. Um, so showing them, you know, the value of the marketplace, look at Uber or Lyft, um, look at Airbnb, for example. Um, but then also uh, talking about the, the value of of liberty in their political systems. So talking about um, you know, the, the, the benefits of having the, the right to the free speech and the right to defend yourself. Um, so I guess in, in your perspective, Steffi, and of course, I want you to, to kind of look back to your, your history from being on the left. What do you think libertarians or, or just people within the liberty movement can do better in trying to recruit people from the left? And then once we've actually recruited them to, to help educate them in the concepts of liberty and keep them in our movement to, to grow us even larger than we are right now? Mm-hmm. That's actually a really good question. And I've almost been completing a psychology experiment over the past many years. So when I first learned about liberty, obviously I was shut down to it myself. And my boyfriend was almost kind of like pushing it on me, like, here, listen to this, listen to this. And, you know, and I was scared. So that made me, you know, that made me close up. So I think the best way to do it is just to be kind to people and to show them that liberty can be fun and not boring because people have very short attention spans, I've noticed, because when I make my YouTube videos, you see how much of your video people actually watch and it's actually like a very small Mm -hmm. little blip. So you got to catch the people in a very small time window or else they'll lose interest really fast. So I've learned that you can't just yell at people. You can't debate with them. I lost a lot of friends that way in college. Mm. I, I used to literally just attack people, you know, with my logic, my libertarian logic that I thought was so great. But it didn't work. It scared people away. It yep. made them not want to talk to me. So now I actually do have Democrats that follow me on social media and they like what I post. And it's because I spread kindness and open communication. And overall, I try to not be super judgmental. I try to just listen and say, okay, you know, that's your point of view. This is how I feel. And this is why, but I'm not going to push you, you know, to do the same or to feel the same. Forcing somebody is not going to do anything. Force is what libertarians are against anyway. So why should we force people to believe us? Amen. I mean, that's... (laughs) That's something that I've been preaching for for years now, especially you know, utilizing the my platform here on my show. It is you know uh, the Jason Stapleton approach, not winning arguments but winning converts. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I, I I was notorious, especially in 2015 and 2016, um, with arguing with people on Facebook, and and then it kind of hit me that you know people aren't really converted with 
Facebook arguments. Like you're not changing anyone's mind. I mean, maybe no. there's there's some people who are reading your post and are like, hmm, that's an interesting perspective. But like then I was like, you know, I'm doing a podcast where I can expound upon ideas in a much more thoughtful and methodical way than, you know, whatever the, the character limit is on Twitter or, you know, some mm-hmm. some novel that you can write in the comic section on Facebook. So, you know, it, it's actually kind of... um I don't know, it feels like a little self-promoting, but like whenever I'm on Facebook and I'll post something um, and I'll get, you know, some of one of my friends from college or, or what have you, and they'll, they'll respond, you know, oh, come on, Brian, this, and they'll go and they'll, they'll post the, you know, the, the 14 page comment. And I just simply respond with a link to my show um, mm-hmm. where I had somebody <laughs> on my show who I discussed that with. And they said, I'm not going to spend 30 some odd minutes listening to a show. I'm like, then you don't care. Like, you don't want to have a conversation. You don't want to hear another perspective. You just want to be right. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like, I spent too many years in the GOP um, and as a conservative thinking that, you know, I was right just because I was right. And it's so important, I think, to not only listen to other people's ideas and ways of thinking, but to also try and figure out how they got to the conclusions they got to. Because if we're not going to you know, address the root of the problem, and that really is the the difference in how we're going to accomplish our, our goals, I mean, I, I think the reality is, Steffi, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that those on the right and the left, they see the same problems, they just have vastly different solutions. Is that is that fair? Exactly. And I personally, my sister, she is liberal, she lives in California, and we have debates all the time. And the point that we usually get to is, you know, we'll be talking about social welfare and she'll be like, but what about the people, you know, that that have no food? You know, why why can't we help them? You know, and I'm like, we can help them, yeah. but the government doesn't have to. So we get to that point where we both are concerned about the needy. You know, we're concerned about disabled people or sick people, you know, but I try to tell her you don't always have to provide things for people through government. You can use charities and organizations to help with those things. I was going to say, it really goes back to the, the the main point. It's like, you know, when we assume negative intentions from uh-huh. from people, I think we find ourselves kind of losing the argument from the onset. Like there's there's no conversation to be had if you instantly assume that your ideological, um, I don't say foe, but like your ideological opposite is is approaching things with negative connotations that they're approaching with some malevolence that they're ready to to you know use government to to force their their evil will on the rest of the masses. I think it's honestly just of you know they see a problem and they feel that government is the best means to solve that problem because really what does it cost them? It costs them a vote. Now obviously they don't think about the the extra uh, costs being that of you know the the taxpayer um being that of the you know think of how many people we have in jail based on good intentions like oh we're going to have a war on drugs cuz drugs are killing our society well gr- congratulations you just killed you know how many minority neighborhoods by you know disproportionately putting african american men into into jail for for marijuana crimes like that's uh-huh. that's where we are as a society right. and it's like stop looking to government that uses force to solve these problems there are so many better alternatives, like statistically and empirically uh, looked at means of accomplishing the same goals without the use of force. And it's done better. It's done more efficiently. Like we have to be more open and pushing those those ideas and those examples, I think. And, I, and just I mean, this is my personal belief is that that will help, you know, hopefully wake people up to the, the reality that government isn't the answer. And, and actually, in many cases, government is truly the problem. 
Right. Right. Exactly. So, Steffi, we're, <laughs> this, these shows have been sneaking up on me. They, they've been going so fast. So, we're already getting the point of the show where I have to say goodbye. So, I want to give Aww. you, I know, I know. I want to give you a platform, though. Let's, let's, let's say, say, you know, people want to go ahead and find this, this Steffi Cole. So, I know you've been getting really involved over <laughs> at YouTube. So, if you could, Steffi, give me some links here that my folks can go ahead and find you, not only on YouTube, but also on social media so they can stay up to date with all the happenings there with Steffi Cole. Sure, sure. So I'm at youtube.com slash Steffi underscore Cole. I'm on Twitter at Steffi underscore Cole. I'm on Instagram at Steffi underscore Cole. I'm even at Goodreads, so you can follow along with all of the Liberty books I'm reading at Steffi underscore Cole. And now on Facebook, I cannot do Steffi underscore Cole, but I am real Steffi Cole on Facebook. And I, I must say, I've been really loving your uh, your Sunday videos you've been doing for TLR, which is the Libertarian Republic. Oh, yes. That's been so fun. And it's it's definitely more engaging than than I would have, you know, if I were to do it, because I, I just, I hate reading. Honestly, I listen to audiobooks. I, I don't know why I just can't yeah. sit down and read a book. So to hear someone like you kind of do like a, a synopsis of a book, it's, it's like exciting for me because I'm like, hey, this book that I read, you know, 10 years ago and I, just don't like reading it. I kind of like lost some of the information. It's nice, a little refresher and it's, Hey, it's you. And you get to hear you, you know, explain about it. So that's always nice. And I think it'll be really helpful for a lot of people who are liberty, uh, liberty curious to say the least. Yeah. And that's, that's part of my conversion plan is just bringing people in, having fun, showing them that we can cook together, you know? So it's, it's a good time. Awesome. So Steffi, one last thing, if you could leave some parting words of wisdom to my audience, what would it be in terms of bringing people from uh, the left towards the liberty movement? Sure. So I would just say, you know, be kind to others. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because it is very scary, but just be open, honest, communicate. And together, I think we can make liberty win. Make Liberty Win. That seems to be a reoccurring theme here on The Brian Nichols Show. But with that being said, Steffi Cole, thank you so, so very much for joining me today on The Brian thank Nichols you. Show. It was a blast. And, and I must say, folks, if you enjoy um, having Steffi in the show, please do me a favor. Number one, share this episode with family and friends and let them know that you enjoyed today's episode with Steffi Cole. But also, go out of your way and follow her over on social media, but also over at her YouTube channel. And folks, as for me, if you enjoy The Brian Nichols Show, I mean, number one, please become a subscriber over on your your podcast catcher, whatever it may be, Stitcher, iTunes, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts. But hey, if you do go to Apple Podcasts, do me a favor. Give me a five-star rating um, and, and hit that subscribe button, please. Again, that's how we move up the rankings, and that's how people are able to find The Brian Nichols Show more easily. Um, but also, folks, if you want to be a supporter of The Brian Nichols Show, that's how we keep the lights on. Patreon, a $5 a month subscription does so much, guys. And, that, and I, honestly, I'd be so happy to get that. But if, if not, if you can just do that one-time PayPal donation, I get it. Sometimes it's easier to do that. Go ahead to the, the show notes, click the one-time PayPal donation link. It brings you right to PayPal. Um, and that, and guys, again, that helps us at The Brian Nichols Show. Keep on doing all these episodes every single week that you've come to know and love. So, folks, with that, thank you so much for joining us here on The Brian Nichols Show. And signing off for Steffi Cole, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.